0: Stanford University. Uh, Our guest tonight is a remarkably prolific uh, writer, critic, and foremost poet. He's also a student of Iranian literature. He has a PhD from UCLA in Persian literature. He has written his dissertation on the uh, modernist tendencies and the place of nature in the poetry of uh, Nima Yushij. He's had a very eventful life, a private life. I won't get into it. He has uh, written about it. Uh, but uh, for a while, he gave up what he calls, in his own words, his petit bourgeois predilection for poetry. Uh, and then, uh, thankfully, he regained that predilection uh, and has published numerous uh, uh, collections of poetry, both in English and in Persian and uh, works of criticism, works of literally history, and even a prize-winning children's uh, book. He began publishing at a very young age when, uh, uh, in the 70s, I won't tell you how old he was, but just uh, remember that he has been at publishing for a very long time, and if his petty bourgeois predilection hadn't taken away from uh, the the writings of poetry and criticism, we will even have A larger uh, opus to judge him by. Uh, He lives in uh, Los Angeles, uh, but as he says in one of his uh, uh, essays, uh, his body is in Los Angeles, but his mind ruminates the ruins of a lost revolution in Iran. Mr. Dr. uh, Nafisi.
1: Thank you very much, Dr. Milani. I would like to express my gratitude for inviting me to Stanford. It's a pleasure to be at Stanford uh, as a guest. Although I don't consider myself a guest uh, in the Bay Area, I often travel here. I like the weather. It's colder than Los Angeles, and the sky is bluer. And uh, more than anything else, my girlfriend lives here. <laughs>
2: that makes you naked.
1: That's right. Uh, so tonight, uh, I'm going to talk about uh, Persian poetry in Los Angeles: nostalgia versus uh, adaptation. Los Angeles uh, is sometimes uh, called Iranjelis because more than half a million Iranians live there. Most of them have come after or during the 1979 Iranian revolution. Some of them were beneficiaries of uh, the fallen monarchy, and some of them were the supporters of the revolution, but then became dischanted or uh, suppressed by the rising theocracy. After arrival, Iranians in Los Angeles established their Persian radio, TV, newspaper, as well as their Persian bookstores, especially on Westwood Boulevard. Uh, And uh, also having uh, teaching classes in classical poetry like Molana or Hafez classes. Iranians are very proud of their classical poetry especially uh, Shahnameh written by Ferdowsi 1000 years ago. In uh, Los Angeles today, more than 30 uh, established poets live who have published a collection of poetry either in Iran or uh, in Los Angeles. Some of them, like uh, late Nader, Naderpour, or myself, or Parto, Nuri Ala, uh, had published uh, their collection of poetry back in Iran during the time of Shah. Some of them, like uh, Abbas Safari and Leila Farjami, published both uh, poetry in Iran and in Los Angeles at the same time. Some of them like Katayun, Zand and Shole Volpi write only in English. And uh, some of them like Azade Farahmand write uh, both in English and Persian. I myself uh, first write uh, poetry in Persian and then translate it into English. Uh, besides those uh, poets that I already mentioned, there are many other um, poets who have published poetry which I will not get uh, to introduce them tonight, like Hamid Reza Rahimi, uh, Fariba Sadiqim, Farida Sabal. Mondana Zandian, Sheida Mohammadi, uh, Murtaza Amiraf Dabi, Fazlullah Rouhani, Khalil Karbasi, Farzad de and many others. Fourteen years ago, uh, on March 20th, 1998, I hosted uh, a poetry reading in Beyond Baroque. Literary Arts Center in Venice Beach in Los Angeles, uh, on the occasion of Persian New Year, in which five poets—Nader Naderpour, Mansur Khaksar, Partonuri Allah, Abbas Safari, and myself—read poetry both in English and Persian. Uh, because Naderpour couldn't uh, read in uh, couldn't uh, read his poetry in English, you know he kind of hated English. He, he liked to speak French. So my late uh, friend Harriet Tannenbaum read uh, his English poetry for him tonight. In order to kind of uh, demonstrate. Uh, Persian poetry in Los Angeles and introduced uh, some of the poets there, I would like to revisit this uh, event that we had 14 years ago and introduce these uh, five poets to you and read one poem uh, by each person. Uh, I will concentrate only on one question are these poets uh, still are dreaming on are dreaming of uh, going back to their homeland iran or have they come to some kind of acceptance with their adopted country with their adopted city los angeles uh none of these two tendencies whether a poet uh, has uh, drowned into nostalgia or a poet uh, has become uh, at peace with uh, Los Angeles none of them in terms uh, have any merit in terms of uh, literature both of these uh, feeling both of these tendencies Uh, nostalgia and adaptation um, they are part of uh, human feelings human characteristics and we need both of them as long as we have uh, human beings are uh, um, migrate from one place to another place or move from one city to another city we always have these two tendencies and of course uh, we also need literature, we also need uh, poets to express them. In Western culture, we have a manifestation of these two tendencies. If you look at uh, Homer's uh, Odyssey, uh, after uh, the Greeks won uh, the war against the uh, Trojans, uh, and they were uh, sailing back home, Uh, Odysseus, uh, who was victorious, but because he was uh, cursed upon, he had to spend uh, ten years in different uh, islands and was longing for his homeland. Uh, In contrast to um, Homer's uh, odyssey we also have Virgil's uh, uh, Anaid, the Roman poet who wrote the story of the other uh, side of the war, the Trojan War, the, the, the Trojans themselves after they were defeated they sailed toward Italy and uh, they started a new civilization, the Trojans started the new civilizations in uh, Italy So as you see, we have both of these tendencies in uh, Western culture as well as Eastern culture. Out of these uh, five poets, unfortunately, today, there are only three of them still living. Uh, Nader Naderpour died uh, in 2000 in Los Angeles. And by the way, his uh, anniversary was uh, last week. His uh, his uh, burial is in a very prestigious uh, sanctuary in Westwood, where uh, mm, uh, some other American stars are also buried. And uh, the other poet, Mansur Khaqsar he... Uh, committed suicide on 2010. Okay, so I start with uh, Naderpour. Nader Naderpour was uh, born in 1929 in Tehran. In the uh, 1940s, he published uh, his first uh, samples of poetry in different newspapers published by the Soviet-oriented to the party's uh, magazines. In, uh, in the introduction to his first collection of poems, Chesh Mawadasta, uh, Eyes and Hands, published in 1954 after the coup d'etat, he um, rejects the Nima Yushij innovation. And kind of adhere to the new classicism of Muhammad Ali Bahar. He uh, likes mm, uh, uh, new poetry in terms of imagery and uh, diction, but he did not like to, uh, so to speak, break the line of uh, meters. Persian meters called Aruz. In the 1960s, uh, Naderpur was mm, the editor of two prestigious uh, magazines published by uh, the Art and Culture Ministry. One of them was called Mardum. I remember that, you know, when I was probably 11 years old, I was subscribed to this magazine. It was very colorful, and it had many good uh, articles. Naderpul was also uh, uh, the head of Persian uh, contemporary literature at uh, Iranian uh, national TV and radio. But at the same time he also was one of the signatories of the Iranian writer association in exile which uh, signed uh, they started you know by signing a, a manifesto against censorship during the time of Shah so uh, Naderpur was part of that In 1980s after Khomeini came to power uh, Naderpur uh, left Iran and went to Paris, where his uh, daughter used to live. In uh, 1987, he moved to Los Angeles, where uh, you know he lived there until his death in 2000. In exile, he published three collections of poetry. Including uh Dorukin, False Dawn, which was uh, translated into English by Michael Hillman. In his uh, last collection of poems, uh, Zaman Zamin uh, Time and Earth, published uh, in 1996 in Los Angeles. Uh, as you can guess from the title of the book, uh, he wrote po- poetry about uh, uh, his youth, the time, which has gone, and uh, his homeland, the earth, which has turned around. Most of poems in this uh, collection are very dark. They are mostly about uh, fear of another from uh, coming to um, coming to old days, he sees nothing interesting in old age. He is very fearful of that, and also he is longing for his homeland. He has no sympathy with his adopted city, and uh, even sometimes, as uh, can be seen in this poem that I am going to read for you, um, he has. Uh, bad feeling toward the inhabitant of Los Angeles. He calls Los Angeles the city of uh, angels, uh, a city of hell. And uh, he considers the inhabitants of Los Angeles as uh, quasi-human creatures. This poem uh, is dedicated to Majid Amini, and I asked Majid Amini to translate it into English, which he did for me, and uh, then I edited myself. Yeah, I'll give him some. Thank you. American Night by Nader Naderpur The place of my exile is a city on the shore of Western Sea, with old palm trees and new palaces, taller than imaginary giants. This city for greedy earthlings is home to the angels but it is a hell with the beauty of paradise that from the beginning of illusionary cosmos creation has allowed, has allowed Satan to its realm these human-like creatures Occupy this city, oblivious to the destiny of their ancestors, are longing for another forbidden fruit. Today, at nightfall, the old sun, in the burning fever of madness, from the peak of the greatest a skyscraper, threw itself on the sea cliff and died. And yet the tall city windows do not believe its black death, as if they are waiting for a miracle from the east. After it's death. There is no stars in this in this exile night because all the stars are lost in the warm smoke of clouds and the sparks of their delicate gazes are only hidden in the small raindrops. As pure as the pigeon eyes. In this night, mo- more naked than black marble, I walk on the carpet of autumn leaves with my gaze at the passing birds, the tears pouring from the sky and dripping into my gazing eyes, resembles, resembles pieces of glass that through them, stones, plants, animals, and men all look drenched. I inhale the scent of the earth through, through the air and drink it as a bitter wine in memory of my ruined motherland. And I began to cry. This time through my eyes from behind its tears, not cloud tears, I see vividly that on both sides of the road The colourful images of a hundred city lights are floating on the rain water puddles. I open a path toward my home in the empty streets of this city, city of trees, amidst the humming wet branches And become weary from the footsteps of a stranger who in the middle of night is accompanying me without being my companion. Although our steps are the same, suddenly over the faraway trees the small clouds began to scatter scattered by the attack of the wind. Night also ironically exposes in front of me the unmasked moon's coquettish face and a masked attacking thief staring at the handgun of this robber. I realize that in the city of angels, Satan and God are brothers. <clears throat> so that was uh, written by Nader in nineteen ninety, in the, on December in December nineteen ninety four. Now we get to Mansur Khaksar. <clears throat> Mansur Khaksar was born in 1939 in Abadan. In the 60s, he was the co-editor of uh, a southern magazine with uh, the well-known novelist and these days uh, mostly a film film director, Nasser Taqwai. In 19... uh, I'm kind of trying to... Translate them into uh, <laughs> Christian era. Um, Nineteen sixty, uh, yeah, Mansur was arrested uh, because of his uh, Marxist tendencies and was in prison for two years. When he came out, he wrote a poem called uh, "Karnam Yakhun," the story of blood. Which became a kind of uh, a manifesto of the young Iranian Marxist uh, called Cheriko uh, Yefeda uh, Peoples Fedai's guerrillas who took arm against Shah regime. Of course this poem was uh, published anonymously and later when Mansur came abroad he republished it under his name. In uh, 1975, uh, Mansour went to uh, London, where uh, he worked as a bank accountant. And uh, underground, he worked for uh, Fada'i's uh, organization. When the revolutionary poet Sa'id Sultanbouh, uh, who was uh, who was in prison, was released one year before the revolution and came abroad, Mansour and Said Sultanpur and uh, three other uh, Iranian activists who had suffered, uh, like Dr. Milani, uh, sometimes in Shah's prison, they established a committee called uh, From Prison to Exile. Committee as then taught up it. And they uh, put together many gatherings against the Shah regime in different countries. Uh, just before the fall of the uh, monarchy, Mansour went back to Iran, and uh, uh, he was part of the uh, southern branch of uh, Fadai's uh, people's organization in Iran. When uh, Khomeini started the great suppression of Iranian uh, intellectuals, Mansour uh, fled to uh, Soviet Azerbaijan in 1984. And two years later, he went to West Germany. After separation from his wife, he moved to Los Angeles in 1990, where he lived until his uh, suicide in 2010. Uh, He had two... uh, daughters who have survived him. Mansour was the co-editor of uh, Daftar Hayy Shambi, a, a local uh, literary uh, organ, the organ of a literary the, uh, saloon in Los Angeles, which I am part of. And also the co-editor of Daftar Hayy Kanun, the um, literary organ, a, a literally the magazine of Iranian Reuters Association in Exile. He also was the co-editor of poetry section of Arash magazine uh, published in France. Mansour has uh, published a dozen of collection of poems in Los Angeles, including uh, safari darme, the, uh, an ode of a journey in the mist. As well as uh, Los Angelinos, Los Angeles Hall. the first one in 1992 and the second one in 1997. The first one, uh, it, which is you know the story of his uh, coming to exile, Mansur kind of uh, uh, looked for his individuality and kind of break with his uh, uh, g- ideological group identity which he used to have when he was uh, uh, merely a political activist. In Los Angelinos, uh, he has uh, put together twenty-three uh, short poems, which, uh, in spite of, you know, they are called Los Angelinos, but they are not really, not about Los, Angel- Los Angeles. They show a poet who is apart from his adopted city. Uh, in this poem that I am going to read for you, and I have translated it myself from page thirty-two of his book, Los Angelinos, uh, He he is uh, in Santa Monica Beach, you know, where, where he used to live, and he's looking at Pacific uh, Ocean and reminiscing about his. Uh, teenage years, when he was in Abaddon uh, and looking at the uh, Persian Gulf. Nothing is better than a sip of water. I am staring at the ebbing sea, and the winter sun has made me naked. I am fully revealed, like a worn-out book. I am a ruined past from a distant tribe, whose palm trees make me naked. In the arms of water and fish and seamen's hum and an aging memory with no rain on high hills. The night is approaching and I am standing against it with bitter resources that kindle no lamp. Where is my youth at 20, when I step on horizon and set fire to the house with no fear of tomorrow? The crescent moon has opened its arms in solitude, but does not camp within me. For hours, I've been floating on the shallow water, and the nightly world has been chasing me. To count the delay of returning homes, I plant the paddle of wind in the water and grow in its sail. My vision is blurred. I have made the sky cloudy and sailed aimlessly. Now we get to Parto Nuriyala. She was born in Tehran in 1946. uh, Her first uh, collection of poems, "Sahme Salha," share of the years, was banned in 1972. She also acted uh, as an actress uh, in a movie called. at the presence of the others. I mean, Auramish. A calmness at the presence of the others. Uh, directed by Nasser Taqwai. But uh, that version of the movie was also banned. She uh, got uh, her bachelor's degree in philosophy from Tehran University, where, he, where she also taught uh, philosophy courses. Uh, in 1986 uh, or 87, she moved to Los Angeles uh, with uh, her two children. Her husband uh, used to be the famous poet Muhammad Ali Sepanlu. Ma- uh, Tarto worked as a deputy jury commissioner at the uh, Los Angeles County Superior Court, until uh, she was retired, I guess, in 2004. She has published five collections of poems. The first two are mostly about, uh, are written you know, before the revolution or during the, revo- the revolution, are, are uh, connected to the political issues. Uh, her last collection of poems, which was published last year um, as dar Tobahar from gallows uh, to spring uh, were written after uh, the um, people's uprising uh, in opposition to the election rig in June two thousand uh, i mean uh, n- n- two thousand nine Parto considers herself a a feminist, and she, as you can see from from two of uh, her uh, longest poems, I Am Human and also Four Seasons, in which she uh, narrates the story of women in patriarchal societies. Except one poem that uh, I am going to read for you, uh, rarely you can find any, uh, in uh, Parto's poetry, you can fi- rarely you can find any references to her surrounding in Los Angeles or any nostalgia about uh, you know, her times in Tehran. Except this poem, uh, sal as in Salha, uh, which uh, was published by Niloufar Talebi and was uh, published uh, as part of uh, Strange Times, My Dear, a collection of uh, Iranian uh, contemporary writers edited by Nahid Muzaffari and Ahmad Karimi Hakkak. So I'm going to read for you this particular poem, which, in which you can find both references to Los Angeles and back in Tehran. Five mornings of the week, fifty weeks of mornings, my sun rises in the rear view mirrors of buses and each day in the old courthouse. Awaits me a small desk, an English Farsi dictionary, a heap of summons, a spiraling justice, and the relentless rings of the telephone. On my cubicle wall, attacked postcards, white flowers, stems, on black background. A pro of love between the lines on back, a memory we live. As Schubert passes through my transistor radio. On the opposite wall, there is an image of Mario Angelo, Ahmad Shamloo, Freeways maps. And the rendition of love poems by pause, all day all days, the files run through the copier, as are throbs of my tongue in the veins of the most foreign language, each dusk returning home. I hauled passerbys in search of my lost days in Los Angeles and asked the policeman after that young woman whose hands were chained in this house of fortune many happy returns the voice of he who is in love repels through my house via the answering machine. A feverish drop waters the burned jasmine leaves and then tracing in books and stitching clothes reading, writing washing, scrubbing surfing the web, typing, sewing, weaving memories thread to thread one by one mouth stitches one stitch over, one stitch under one rose crimson, one the color of sorrow and when night falls so the heaviness of habit Scars, not my days hidden from the moon I unstitch the old thread and send my keen eye clad in the gilded gown off to tomorrow Abbas Safari was born in Yaz in 1951 When he was a teenager, he wrote uh, uh, lyrics for the late uh, popular uh, singer Farhad. Uh, In 1979, he moved to Los Angeles, uh, where today he lives with his American wife and two children. He used to have a, a small business in waterproofing, but now he's retired. He Abbas was the poetry editors of two Iranian magazines Sang and Cactus uh, used to be published in exile and he has published uh, a few collection of poems both in Tehran and in Los Angeles including uh, Tariq Roshanaye Huzur uh, uh, the darkness and the lightness of uh, of uh, of presence, uh, old camera, and other poems, and uh, the burned uh, matches. Uh, contrary to the other uh, four poets of our uh, brief survey tonight, uh, Abbas really writes political. Uh, Poetry. In his two recent uh, collection of poems, one can see a tendency toward uh, uh, pun, in other words, uh, playing with language, as well as uh, satire, as can be seen in this poem, which is uh, which he wrote in two thousand five from uh, his collection "Burned uh, Matches" uh, published in Tehran and I am uh, using uh, Nilou talabis uh, translation, published in her book Belonging, Poetry of 18 Poets uh, in Exile. So another sip of water. Saturday night dinner the onion I will grade to keep the string of my tears from drying the potatoes you peel for your sleight of hands with skins let Nusrat Fatah Khali Khan the Sufi minstrel play For he opens us a window to Konya, the window adorned with narcissists, sleepy eyes, and langaras, and a handful of homing pigeons. If they call from master's card, or the internal, I don't have any income services, tell him He's gone to Kashmir, looking for the long-lost polo ball of King Aurangzeb of India and it is unclear when he will be back. Don't laugh, my darling. Cultural misunderstandings dismiss the disturber quicker than hollow conversations. Now now bring this now, while this aged Indian rice ripens, put two glasses, lip to lip, near our hands, of our oldest vintage, four-year wine, a rem- reminder of centuries past, a sip of good wine is enough to erase an entire century from one's memory. Sip after sip we can backtrack so far that after dinner we can find ourselves in moonlight of palm groves of Mesopotamia and around midnight in a primordial plains, naked, and boundless. Majid Nafisi, myself, uh, was born in Isfahan in 1952. My first poems were published in Jonge Isfahan when I was 13, and my first collection of poems in the tiger skin was published when I was 17. Uh, After the, uh, I was very active uh, in the Iranian revolution against the, against monarchy, but after the new theocracy came to power, they started killing pe- people, including uh, my first wife, Ezad, on January 7, 1982, and also my brother, Saeed. Uh, I fled Iran in 1983 and uh, finally ended in Los Angeles, where today I live with my son, Azad. He now has become a rapper and hip-hop uh, artist. In fact, tonight uh, he has a, a performance in Los Angeles. Uh, I have uh, published uh, a dozen collections of, uh, collection of uh, poetry, uh, both in English and uh, Persian. Uh, Now, just kind of to wrap up this conversation, I would like to summarize uh, a little talk that I had in 1995 called uh, A Reader Within Me. I delivered that talk uh, in a symposium uh, sponsored by... American-European relationship uh, at USC in 1995 in which uh, I say that uh, I, when I left Iran I brought the reader that I had with me, within me, uh, on horseback uh, first to Turkey, then to France, and then to America for half a dozen when I wrote uh, poetry I still uh, wrote for that reader from Tehran I liked I preferred a reader, you know, which uh, uh, preferred uh, Cholo Kebab, I guess, uh, to American food. He spoke uh, um, English with a heavy accent, as if I don't do it today. (laughs) And uh, uh, also um, always, you know, um, censored uh, his surroundings. I always wanted to write about um a tehrani reader you know i wanted to write um, in a in, in in a way that a tehrani reader can understand it without any cultural references if you look at my fir- my second collection of poems which was published in uh, exile in sweden called after the silence uh, pasas Khamushi uh, less than maybe less than 10 poems are about los angeles the others are all about uh, Iran and Iranian experiences. Uh, my body was in L.A., but really my soul was uh, still ramaging through a revolution which was, which was uh, hijacked by a clergy. Uh, when we come to my uh, third collection of poems, or, uh, uh, called Andu Hemar's Sorrow of the Border, uh, the proportion, the proportion of poems which are uh, about Los Angeles, uh, drastically uh, are increased. Now, especially, I have a very long poem uh, which I wrote for my son Azad, in which not only I cherish uh, his birth in Los Angeles as a new roots of. Uh, of myself within uh, my adopted uh, country, but I also uh, um, juxtapose uh, English sentences within the Persian text. So, in different ways, you know, I was trying to bring uh, about, uh, to express my surrounding, my living in exile in, within my poetry. Uh, my my next collection of poems share venice venetian po- uh, venice poems which i wrote uh, when i lived in venice beach for 7 years as you can guess from the title they were mostly about uh, los angeles of which uh, some of them um, our late friend i uh, late our late uh, common friend uh, ardavondavaran published when um, you know he he put together um, perhaps one of the first uh, collection of uh, Persian poetry in exile, uh, um, which was published in one of the issue of uh, Ferle uh, Dickinson's uh, literary uh, journal. A turning point for me was a poem which I wrote in uh, on January twelfth, nineteen ninety four. Um, Yeah, uh, one week before the uh, Northridge uh, earthquake, uh, in which, uh, as you can, uh, as you will hear, uh, I declared, you know, that I am at peace with you, Los Angeles. A fragment of this poem uh, was uh, engraved by the city of Venice in uh, 2000, you know, when the city of Venice uh, remodeled uh, uh, the boardwalk on Venice Beach, they um, they engraved uh, 16 fragments from different uh, poets were which were de- uh, related to Venice Beach, you know, like uh, um, what's his name, uh, Bukowski and other poets. So they, if you go to um, boardwalk and the intersection of boardwalk and Brooks uh, Street on Venice Beach you can find this poem there. In this poem I have uh, uh, portrayed a parallel uh, a symmetry between uh, Iranian coming of Iranians to Los Angeles with uh, the migration of uh, Parsis from uh, Iran to uh, Gujarat. Uh, as you know, today, um, Parsis, the Zoroastrians, th- there is a community in uh, India called Parsis. They, when uh, the Arab Muslims invaded Iran, they uh, um, migrated to Gujarat. And in uh, 1599, a Gujarati Parsi called uh, Bahman Ki Put together a short uh, epic called San Sanjan, the story of Sanjan, which, uh, you know, in imitation of uh, Shahnameh, the Iranian epic, he uh, tells the story of uh, uh, coming of Parsis from the Strait of Hormuz to the port city of Sanjan in India. So, this is the last poem that I am going to read for you, and then we'll take it from there. Ah, Los Angeles. Ah, Los Angeles, I accept you as my city, And after 10 years, I am at peace with you, waiting without fear. I lean back against the bus post, and I become lost in the sounds of your midnights. A man gets off Blue Bus 1 and crosses to this side to take Brown Bus 4. Perhaps he, too, is coming back from his night on campus. On the way, he has sobbed into a blank letter. And from the seat behind, he has heard the voice of a woman with a familiar accent. On brown bas four, it rains. A woman is talking to her umbrella and a man ceaselessly flushes the toilet. I told Carlos yesterday, your clanging cars wake me me up in the morning. He collects cans and wants to go back to Cuba. From the promenade comes the sound of my homeless man. He sings the blues and plays guitar where in the world can I hear the black morning of a saxophone alongside a Chinese chimes and see this warm olive skin through blue eyes the easy moving doves rest on the empty benches They stare at the dinosaurs who sprays waste, who who sprays dull, uh, dull water on our kids. Marzia sings from a Persian market. I return homesick and I put my feet on your back. Oh, Los Angeles, I feel your blood you taught me to get up, look at my beautiful legs and along with marathon run on your broad shoulders. Once I got tired of life, I coiled up under my blanket and remained shut off for two nights. Then my neighbor turned on NPR and I heard a Russian poet who in the death camp could not write his poems but his wife learned them by heart. Will Azad read my poetry on the days that I take him to school? He sees the bus numbers from far off and called me to get in line. At night He stays under the shower and let the drops of water spray on his small body. Sometimes we go to the beach. He bikes and I skate. He buys a Pepsi from a machine and gives me one sip. Yesterday we went to Ram Tin's house. His father is a Parsi from India, he wore Sadre and Kosti, while he was painting the house. On that little stool, he looked like a Zoroastrian, rowing from Hormuz to Sanjan. Ah, Los Angeles, let me bend down and put my ear to your warm skin. Perhaps in you I will find my Port San John. No, it is not a sheep touching a rocky shore. It is the rumbling number bus 8. I know I will get off at Idaho and will pass the shopping carts left by the homeless. I will climb the stairs and will open the door. I will start the answering machine and in the dark I will wait like a fisherman. Thank you. If you have questions, uh, please make a noise because I don't see well. I won't be able to see your hands or your feet.
3: Imagine they disres- Hi. I want to uh, ask you your opinion about, because you talk about Nader Pool.
1: Yes. And you are familiar with his
4: poetry back in Iran. And when he moved here,
3: uh, what is your opinion about what happened? Yes. And then here, is Lake These uh, the drastic changes, and he like he could not adopt what happened after the revolution when he came here. He bitterly, he was really bitter about the his, his, uh, his presence here, hostages, and all of that. Did, do you see this in all of the? In all of the poets that came from around here, or he was just
1: exclusively to another group. Well, maybe he was, you know, the most extreme uh, kind of nostalgic uh, poet. Next to him, you know, uh, from these uh, five poets, I would put uh, Mansur Khaksar, you know, who was also very much uh, longing for his homeland. Um, But if we want to get to the, you know, personal uh, uh, reasons why uh, uh, Naderpur felt the way he felt, uh, you know, we might say his age, because he kind of came in a later uh, period of his life to Los Angeles. He didn't know English and uh, he never tried to learn it uh, mm, although you know he had classes uh, for a time in connection to UCLA but sometimes you know just uh, outside of academia he had classes um uh, he had uh, uh shows on Iranian TV he wrote uh, for Persian magazine he was not uh, disconnected from uh, Persian uh, community abroad, but um, he didn't like to be here. You know, he was um, in one of his poems. He says that uh, I uh, I can, I could not stay in Iran, and uh, I had to leave in Iran. But at the same time, I don't like this city either, Los Angeles. I don't like to be in exile either. So as in Jaman, as in Ja-rande, uh, you know that's uh, you know he he, he saw uh, nothing familiar uh, to him to himself, whether back in homeland or uh, here in exile. I don't know if it uh, you know answer your questions.
5: How is that nostalgia and adaptation per se they're feeling and they don't have any literary value in themselves? Do you think that the expression of these feelings by these poets, which seems to be for most part a little dark, a little bitter, uh, has contributed to the literary movement of Of Iranian poetry. Thankfully, in yours, I do see a lot of hopefulness, adaptation, acceptance, infusion of humanity.
1: Uh, Thank you. Uh, Well, when I said, you know, um, it doesn't have, uh, I said it doesn't have a literary merit. One does not have uh, literary merit on the other. You know, Although uh, nostalgia, I would imagine, is not a good recipe you know, for uh, a person who is in exile and cannot go back home. But uh, I cannot say, you know, because I write poetry which is more adaptive to my new cities. So because of that, my poetry is better than a person who mostly writes nostalgic poems. Basically, you know, I wanted to say that um, we need both of them. And if Nader Purino you know, writes uh, nostalgic poems, or if, or if Mansur writes a uh, uh, more uh, longing poem for his homeland, they're not uh, necessarily uh, less important than you know, my poems or Abbas' poems, which are more adaptive to our new environment.
5: Sure. Does this reflect like a maturity in introspection because of the situation that a lot of people, like many of us here in exile, mm-hmm. feel? Or is it merely reflective of the bitterness of a defeat, of a political
1: defeat? No, it's more than uh, you know, just a political uh, issue. Yeah, in the, in the beginning of you know, their uh, coming to exile, the poets uh, as you can you know um, as i express in, in my own case or uh, in parto's case um yeah it, they were very much involved and very uh, naturally with what happened you know in, in in iran what happened in revolution um and so in that respect uh, they were uh, not about their new environment but uh, you know after a while When the dust uh, lay down and the uh, new regime, you know, was able to establish itself, and then the everyday issue of uh, bread and butter uh, came in, you know, the issue of you have to learn English, you have to find a job, um, and the rest of uh, issues that everybody uh, is dealing with. Then, I think... um, People um, and poets started to show two different tendencies and if one you know is more adoptive it doesn't mean that that particular poet never writes uh, nostalgic poems or if one um, poet like Nadirpur or Mansur mostly write uh, nostalgic poems, they never write uh, adaptive uh, Poems. <coughs> Did I answer your question or, <laughs> or just I talked to myself?
5: No,
2: I felt your answer. <laughs> okay. Yes, thank you. York. Can I uh, follow up on that question? Of course. Uh, would you not say that, uh, not in a sort of literal sense, but in a larger sense, nostalgia mm-hmm. is the essence of poetry? And that there is a fundamental difference between adoptiveness and nostalgia. Nostalgia is the stuff of old poetry. Uh, if you adopt your reality, there is very little to be poetic about. Would you agree with that or not?
1: Well, yes and no. I mean, um, if you read Shams uh, Qazis, you know the uh, an Iranian prosodist in fourteenth century, he says. Uh, the first person who wrote poem was Adam, who wrote poetry after the death of uh, Habil, uh, Abel. Yeah, uh, in poetry, um, when you look at you know, the poetry in, um, all over the world, in every culture, they are mostly about uh, longing, about the absence of something, about sorrow, But at the same time, you have poetry of joy, you know, in different ways. Like someone might uh, see enjoyment and joy in mysticism, which is a kind of, you know, longing itself. Or uh, maybe in uh, uh, erotic, erotic poetry, you know, love poems. Love poems, you know, yeah, you can write a lot of uh, love poems that are about uh, um, your, your joy. And uh, back to your question, you know, if you are adapted uh, to your new environment, there is less uh, left to write about. Uh, no. The, you know, the, the sense of curiosity. How you want to um, Mélange. How you want to? Um, how you want to mix these? Um, the old uh, uh, way of thinking, the old way of feeling, with new way of thinking. You know, these are all very challenging. These are all very new uh, avenues that uh, have not been uh, paved away. And a poet can write about them. A poet can discover them. So, um, in fact, you know, um, the new environment, because of its ambiguity, because it's something new, you know, it's like the first look that you uh, put into uh, reality. Um, the, the The new wave, the new ways of looking at things because of the new language. These are all new sources. That you can bring to poetry. What do you think? Well,
2: absolutely, I, but that is a form of longing. That is uh, defamiliarizing the familiar mm-hmm. and rendering it strange and longing uh, for a uh, new understanding. I, uh, but that's a uh, rationalized no, nameya it's about longing. If that is the manifesto of uh, masnavi I would submit that uh, a sense of uh, a sense of nostalgia is very uh, not in a literal sense I meant it not in the sense of you know uh, accepting your, uh, Los Angeles mm-hmm. uh, how can you accept Los Angeles if you don't learn english i mean how can Naderpur ex- expect to be welcome in Los Angeles if he makes a concentrated effort not to understand it, not to speak it, not to join it? All he has, I, I agree with Reza, I mean, Naderpur became sort of intolerably bitter about things that there was no reason to be bitter about. I mean, Los Angeles was nice to him, uh, much nicer than anywhere else, but uh, he made no effort to understand Los Angeles. And he had this romantic sense of entitlement that the poet must be angry at the environment and he has the right to say anything about uh, the environment that he wants.
4: May um, I make a point and ask another question in that vein? Yeah. I'm thinking about American poetry of Whitman and others, which does not focus on nostalgia. It's very hopeful and progressive. Uh, Dr. Milani has pointed out to us in several of these. Uh, that there is currently a kind of renaissance underway for Iranian arts, culture, literature in the diaspora and in Iran, in spite of the suppression. So I've asked you to comment about hope-filled poetry coming out of Iran, maybe on the internet, or are you aware of anything like this happening, a resurgence of poetic feeling, maybe revolutionary poetry in Iran? Um, or in the
1: diaspora, put it. Cool. Yeah, we have, um, you know, we have uh, good poetry coming out of Iran and uh, written in exile, um, but I would rather not to, you know, name anybody. Because? Um, yeah, I'm more safe. <laughs> well, uh, you know, in Los Angeles uh i uh, i have uh, listed uh, a few names and uh besides that you know there are other good poets both uh, in america you know like Alizarin, in who lives in um, denver uh, or uh, uh what's his name um mani you know, he's a very good poet, uh, he lives in Germany, uh, and uh, Mani, um, Mana Aqai, you know, who lives in Sweden, um, there are many poets. And in Iran, you know, we have uh, Shamsa garudi we have um, Hafez Musavi, which I like in his poems. We have a Granaus Musawit, who lives abroad. Um, So, we have many poems.
4: So, are these people living under threat and censorship?
1: Um, Those who live in Iran, yes, of course. Yeah, they do. Uh, I have another question. Okay, sure. And by the way, that was a very good example of uh, uh helpful joyful poetry Walt Whitman in fact uh, Walt Whitman was the first poet you know who inspired me to write i was 11 years old when uh, at that time i think it was in in sixties two collection of poems were published bilingual from english into uh, persian one by robert frost who, translated by Fatollah Mojtabai but because you know he had tr- he had tried to compose it in meter he has really ruined the po- the, the, the the poetry i, I really hate uh, you know people who try to it's not an easy job you know because you become a versifier but quite the contrary Muhammad Ali Islam in Nudushan has translated uh, leaves of grass into free verse really beautiful and it seems like
4: Yeah okay. verse.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. anyhow so that's a very good example of uh, poetry which is not uh, nostalgic although you know I mean of course because he was under the influence of uh, uh, Emerson and the uh, yeah. the super what what whatever whatever uh, transcendentalist tr- transcendent- turn- they he had some kind of you know uh, mysticism uh, and uh, kind of longing for the whole universe, you yeah, know. pose another question in that thing? Um, yeah, okay, but uh, should you... Universalism. We, uh-huh, Where
4: okay. is the universalism in, of Rumi and Hafez in, in poetry today?
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, can we see what Reza wanted to ask and then get, right. get, get... Okay, uh, okay. sir. Uh, we're talking
3: about nostalgia. Parto. it seems to me because Pato had some dedicated herself to her family here, the children, the mother and others around her, and feminism, therefore you see there is no really connection and nostalgia or bitterness about whatever happened in Iran, the only thing you see is about women, her uh, critics of films and others, you know that she's so bitter about films even Recently, uh, she, uh, she really criticized the uh, separation. Josoa, you know, <laughs> separation. So, there is, you know, because she's dedicated. She left Iran. She left her husband. She was better about that. But here, she was dedicated to something else. Feminism
1: and her family. So, you don't see nostalgia. Isn't yeah. That? Yeah. One, you know, one time... Um, I asked her, uh, why is that? And she said, you know, when I was in Iran, I came from uh, one, one's man house to another man's house. What is it that I, you know, uh, crave for? Nothing. Um, and her experience, you know, back in Iran, um, her poetry was not really published, her... Um, he She was in, she played in both uh, theater and uh, movie, but they were not really um, shown. They were censored. So you're right. I think so. You're right. Okay, uh, now get back to your question. The universalism of Hafez and Rumi and what? Where is it? In uh, Walt Whitman's? No, in uh, poetry now. Contemporary
4: Persian poetry, is it there? Because it's not a string that's recognized as, what do you want to say, Islamic, universalism.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, I have written myself, I don't know if, you you, you can Google it uh, online. I have written um, a criticism of, uh, what's his name? Um, um, God, uh, who's the... American translator of uh, Rumi. Uh no, no, no. The most uh, very um, very popular one. No, no, no. Uh, God. Yeah, Coleman Barks. Yeah, I have written a criticism, you know, about Coleman Barks and also I have uh, my own uh, uh views about uh, Rumi's poetry. I don't, uh, you know, Take it at the uh, face value. I I think, uh, um, but uh, I think it goes beyond the uh, the extension of this session. Um, so mm, there is that universalism, of course, in Rumi and Hafiz, but. Uh, mm, it's very different from universalism, based on individual rights. That's the that, that's my main point. Um, this is something that uh, we saw, and we encountered mostly in Western literature. Um, the importance of individuals writing about specific, not about just. Abstract. This is something that you don't find in Hafez or uh, Rumi. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> maybe I um, made your question upside down, but uh, and I have I ha- I take issues, you know, with uh, people who want to copy or uh, revive the same kind of uh, religious universalism that Rumi and Hafiz used to have in the past without you know looking at the new environment and our new world i think it needs a big uh, um, adaptation a big change more questions or that's that or that's it Okay.
5: Um, going back to the Naderpur and the discussion we just had about nostalgia and all uh-huh. that, I see, I want to look at it in a different way as a commonality between Naderpur and Khoxha. You mentioned they both started as a Marxist or communist ideas and they moved on you know, through their political uh, experience or life experience and then they moved to the U.S. For various reasons. But I do see a commonality here and that's hopelessness rather than nostalgia. The hopelessness meaning the whole belief of what they believed in. Yes. Man Sur saw maybe remained the same way in his thoughts, but maybe not there could change, but he didn't want to show that change. So therefore he created sense of hopelessness. Do you see that in their poetry as far as hopelessness or are you still saying it seeing it as nostalgia?
1: Well, you know, I kind of uh put them together i think uh, if you are nostalgic and if you are um, too much drawn into nostalgia then you feel uh, hopeless and uh, helpless you know they come together yeah i agree with you uh Um, I have written about it. If you want to Google, you know, uh, I wrote an article in published in shahman.com dot uh, com called "Omid Van Omidi Mansur um, uh You know, there were specific reasons that he did that, um, of which he speaks uh, a little bit in his. Uh, Different letters of will. If you are uh, interested, you know you can find them in one of the issues of uh, Zaman magazine published in uh, Denmark. That specific issue, which was dedicated to Mansour, was uh, edited by Khosrow Davami.